couple of announcements real quick, just a couple of announcements. Right after church, we're going to have dinner on the grounds, and there is a ton of food out there. So there's plenty of food for you and your family to stay. If this is your first time here, you didn't know about it, we have plenty of food out there. Come on, somebody. Amen. <laughs> touch, touch three people and say, stay with me for dinner. Amen. All right, we got plenty of spots to eat. Make yourself, hey, listen, guys, do me one favor if you're a member of my church. If you are a church member, raise your hand. Sit with somebody you don't know today. Sit with somebody you don't know. Get to know somebody. Chris, sit with somebody you don't know. Don't sit with Miss Vicky. Sit with somebody you don't know. All right? <laughs> JB, uh, BJ. Chris is going to have lunch with you today. That's what he said. So there you go. Hey, you want to learn how to play the drums? He will teach you. Follow, follow him around everywhere he goes. Boy, that's a pair. Amen. 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 Hey, guys, listen to me. Listen to me. Next week, we're going to be busy, 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 busy. Caney Creek Cowboy Church is definitely going to have a, a great big Easter egg hunt with over 7,000 eggs. Mary Wise, where are you? Is she here? Mary, when are you stuffing the eggs? Friday at 1.30. So if you can help, come help. They'll probably be stuffing Saturday. Well, no, you can't be stuffing Saturday. We're gonna be hot. We're gonna hunt them on Saturday. So if you can come help stuff eggs, get with Mary, come be a part of that. They're gonna need a lot of help. The the Lamb Center is hosting this thing. Listen real quick. If you're bringing family and friends to hunt Easter eggs, come through our new driveway over here, and we're gonna park you down here by our Jordan because again, we're doing another benefit where we're allowing some people to use our church to raise money for another little kid. Next, next Saturday also. So we're going to have the Easter egg hunt behind the church. We're going to park the ones that are coming on the side of the Jordan back here. Uh, the little ones are going to hide uh, uh, for the little babies. They'll be up here in the front to, where they can find eggs. And then there, I heard that they already have 250-something entries for the barrel racing that day. So... So you can stay and watch barrel racing after the Easter egg hunt. Help out if you want to. It's going to be a good time. And then listen, guys, listen. We're going to have sunrise service at 630. Amen. And we're going to need volunteers to come up and help cook at 5 a.m. So if you can volunteer at 5 a.m. to come and be in your spot, uh, raise your hand. Come on, don't, don't leave me hanging. All right. Five o'clock, you need to be here. Uh, over the past years, over the past years, we have asked people to bring up pancakes and syrup and sausage. But this year, since we've already asked y'all to do so much, the church will get all the supplies needed. So you just need to come and be prepared to cook that morning at five. And be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. Be prepared to, to feed 200 plus that morning. I believe we're going to have a big sunrise service. Sunrise service, breakfast will be served at 6.30, and service will be to follow as soon as we get done eating breakfast. And last year it was completely beautiful. I believe it's going to be the same thing this week, so I'm excited about it. And then, listen, we have contacted the news. We contacted the media. I need you to contact what I'm saying today. I need you in costume. This does not work without you. We need, we, need, we need a reenactment. We need actors. We need all of you that are coming to Sunrise Service to put on a costume. And then we're going to march Jesus in about two and a half miles up the road. And we got uh, Montgomery County Sheriff's Department coming to help us escort that. We got the news coming. So we're praying that you will please help us. Come on, somebody. Please help us. Somebody asked me, said, Pastor, I want to play this part. Or, Pastor, I want to play this part. I want to be a soldier. I want to be Jesus. I want to be an angel. I want to be the Man, I, I, I just, I, I'll be a peasant. Somebody hear me. I, 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 
I don't need no fame or no glory or anybody to see me. I just want I just want someone that don't know Jesus to understand what he went through. And how many understand what he went through for you? Stand with me today. Stand with me today. As we take up our offering this morning, put a little extra in there so we can buy those pancakes and that syrup and those sausages and make sure we have enough candy. I haven't even checked with Mary how much candy we have. If you haven't brought up candy, please do so uh, tonight for the movie or you can uh, bring it up uh, uh, Wednesday night. Uh, but please be in prayer for the Lamb Center workers and, and uh, uh, as, they, as they prepare to do this, Chris, as they prepare to do this, please, please pray for them. And pray for our church. Pray for our church. It's moving. It's shaking things up. The devil don't like us because it's moving and shaking. But I don't care what the devil likes. I care what Jesus likes. So I ask you today, listen to me, I ask you today to just continue to support what we're doing. We're making a difference. Amen. And one of our little young men, Miss Vicki, you come help me pray. Pray over our offering. Come on, Vicki G. Uh, no, sir, you sit there. Uh, listen, uh, a little boy, uh, Cody, fell a while ago, and they think he broke his arm. So uh, his sister, Alex, is going to stay with Noyce and Oni, uh, be in prayer for little Cody and them. And uh, also, Miss Vicki, heard the other day that one of the teenagers tried to commit suicide, so uh, please be in prayer for them and their family. Amen. And uh, all the good work that the church is doing, the youth program's doing, the Lamb Center's doing, let's give everyone a big praise. Amen. <laughs> Miss Vicki, pray over our offering, girl. Father God, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we just thank you for such just a beautiful and glorious day that we can come and just receive your word, Lord. Lord, may every heart in this room be open to receive what you have in store for them, Father. And may every person in this room realize today that their identity is found in you and you alone and on that cross, Lord. Lord, I lift up every single leader in this church, our pastor, our pastorate, Lord, and the elders and the elders' wives, Lord. And I just pray that they continue to just embark on this journey to change this community from the inside out and that each and every one of us in this congregation will get behind them, Lord, and that we'll just continue to show Jesus to the entire world, Lord. Lord, I ask that... Each and every person in this room, just give a little, Lord. A little, we can do a lot, Father. And I just thank you for the people that have come before me and before my time and given so that they could pave a way for my children and the children in this community, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for this church. I just love you so much. I thank you for your forgiveness, your mercy, and your grace. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, that old 
despised by the world as a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left His glory above to bear it to dark say to you this morning I, I thank you for being here it means a lot to me to walk in here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and see people wanting to come hear God's word that makes me that makes me know that lets me know that God is real and uh, he hears my prayers and and uh, I put out on Facebook the other night after we got through with the entry of the church and a lot of people didn't see that you could have a, a nice beautiful classy place that you could come you know most cowboy churches they associate with beneath you you know what nobody around here is beneath anybody we've been me and my wife have probably spoken at uh probably 40 50 cowboy churches in our time of ministry and and we go to those places and it's like some of them they just don't care we care at candy creek cowboy church and if you come up that driveway now, you have something to be really, really proud of. And I thank God for that look. The, the whole thing is just punchy. Say punchy. 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 That's a cowboy word. Open your Bibles if you brought one to Matthew 27. Matthew 27. We've been in a series called I Come By Way of the Cross and I really think that this series has really helped a lot of people. I, I, I know that last week we had to be gone, and, and uh, I couldn't get to where I wanted to get to, so I prayed last week when Dr. Day spoke that my church would not lose interest on this message of the cross. The cross to me means everything. It's my symbol of hope. It's my symbol for a future. The cross to me means new life, a new journey. I embarked on my walk with Jesus Christ. I come by way of the cross. I didn't know I would be coming to this spot, but I knew the moment I got saved that I would follow him anywhere. And wherever he'd tell me I'd go or whatever he'd tell me I need to do, I would do it. Is there anybody here like that this morning? Is there anybody here like that this morning? Wherever God tells them to go, whatever he tells them to do, they'll do. So in, in learning about Coming by way of the cross, our first week we talked about the Jews that Jesus came to his own. He was a Jew. Uh, he came and, and his own didn't receive him. We learned through that message that still so many today are not receiving him. There are some going to walk out of this church this morning and they're not going to receive him. I, I, I understand that. But I, I'm praying that maybe something that we would say, maybe something that you would feel, maybe a love from a stranger today would change your whole heart to Jesus. The Bible said that he came to his own and his own didn't want anything to do with it. The world's like that today. You look around. One of my new Christian brothers was telling me that uh, someone told him he's tired of looking on his Facebook and seeing all his Christian posts. He was just going to delete him as a friend. He said, delete me as a friend if that's what you want to do, but I'm still going to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. 
So we learned the first week that the Jews, they were looking for signs and miracles, and Jesus was doing all those things. But they still didn't believe that he was the one true God, the one true Messiah. And then the next week in part two of our, our, our series, we learned that the Greeks, the Greeks, they were the philosophers of their time. This simple message of coming to Jesus Christ by way of the cross was foolish. There are still some that come to this church that say, well, you mean I can just pray the prayer of salvation in Jesus? I got to do something. Well, you got to mean it and you got to believe it. That's what you got to do. Once you pray it, you got to mean it. You got to be. See, there's so many religions out there that say you got to work your way to heaven. There's so many different religions out there that say that only so many people are going to heaven. There's other religions out there that say you got to go through people to get to heaven. There is only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Who believes that this morning? Say amen. Say amen. Amen. I come to do church this morning. I didn't come to play. We're in a series called The Cross. I come by way of the cross. So part one, we learned about the Jews. And, and part two, we learned about the Greeks. And the Greeks were the ones that they, they, the Roman Catholic Greeks, they, they, they crucified Jesus. They, they, they're the ones that put him up on the cross. We learned of the pain that Jesus went through, how they ripped his beard out of his face. We learned that they nailed him to the cross. In a part two of our series, we learned that he was pierced for our transgressions. And today we finish. And the part of the cross message I want you to understand is that it was real. Everything I've taught you thus far was true. My Bible is the true word of God. I want you to know that Jesus was a real person just like me and you. Came down from heaven, died for my sins and your sins. He was real. The cross was real. That Jesus' death was real. But so was his resurrection. Somebody needs to understand that going into Easter. I just want to put it into perspective. What's it going to take to shake you, Neil? What's it going to take to shake some of you this morning? To understand that what took place some 2,000 years ago was real was real, 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 real. It really happened for me and for you. At any time, he could have called legions of angels to deliver him from that cross. He didn't have to do that. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he said, Father, not my will, but your will. He said, if there's any way, take this cup from me. Oh, have I prayed that a time or two in my walk. If there's any way, God, I don't want to do this. But sometimes God leads us in a place that we don't understand to get a purpose that we will never forget. You ought to write that down. That's a good quote. Matthew 27, verse 45. I just want to prove to you, I just want to prove to you that it was real. That's all I want to do today. You don't have to believe me, but I know that one person will today. I felt it in my spirit that somebody was going to get saved today. Thank you, sir. Joe wrapped up my Dr. Pepper so nobody chastised me about it later. <laughs> Thought you said you're going to quit them, Dr. Pepper. Not yet. <laughs> For all you haters, there you go. Matthew 27, verse 45. From now until 3 in the afternoon, darkness came over the land. About 3 in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lashbiah, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When Jesus was hanging on the cross and dying for my sins and your sins, God turned his back on him, not because he didn't love him, he just couldn't see no sin. Because you know, standing in the holy presence of God, you can't sin. That's why you need to be right right here on this side of earth. I wish somebody would understand that. In English, that's easy to understand, but hard to swallow. You cannot play games with your salvation. You're either saved or you're not saved. You either believe or you don't believe. You're either born again, you have a whole new life, or you're not saved. I, I, I really feel, I look at some people some days and I say, you're coming to church after you did all that? After you said all that? Are you saved? 
Are you really saved? Because saved people, they sin. I'm not saying that, that saved people don't sin, but they don't go out and openly sin. They try their best to live a godly life. Oh, let me read the scripture. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, his, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, Jesus died. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. The rocks split. The tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurions and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and what had happened, they were terrified and claimed, Surely this was the Son of God. Somebody give God a praise. You okay? When the people stood around that day, standing around, stood around, when the people stood around that day, witnessed what happened, they said, surely, truly, real, this was the Son of God. What's it going to take to shake you this morning? What's it going to take to shake you this morning? On Friday, when Jesus breathed his last breath on the cross, not even the earth could keep its composure. Matthew 27, 50 and 51 says, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last breath. His last breath. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. What's it going to take to shake you? To make you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. When Jesus breathed his last breath on Friday, the earth shuddered and the earth breathed his last breath too. Even the earth couldn't stand still. Even the rocks couldn't stand still. Even the people that were around at that moment started shaking and trembling. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. What's it going to take for Pastor Mark to convince you that God is real? That everything that you see and everything that God allows you to experience is a real experience. Man, it's springtime. Flowers are blooming everywhere. Those things come up, not by their own doing, but by the sun that God gives us. By the water and the rain and the wind, God puts all that into perspective. How many believe in a real working God that lets the sun come up every day and the sun go down? What's it going to take for me? You know, you've been coming over here. Some of y'all have been coming here a long time. And there are some of you that have been coming a long time. I wonder if you're even saved. You've heard the testimony over and over again. Stories that's happened to either me or my wife or somebody in the church. You've had the pleasure to be around people who have received Jesus Christ and had a miraculous transformation in their life. They are delivered from drugs. They're delivered from alcohol. They're delivered from hate. They're delivered from anger. You've seen these stories. And you still don't believe for yourself. You still don't believe for yourself that Jesus was real. I want to tell you a real story that happened the other day. Will you allow me to do that? Say amen. Yes. How many believe that God is real? Yes. And can do whatever he wants whenever he wants. Yes. The other day I got a, a message that a lady was looking to buy a car. Now listen to this story. This is a God story. If you want to believe he's real, listen to this story. If, you, if you're on the fence about this, if you're on the fence about this, if you're a, a little on the fence about this, maybe one more story will convince you that God's power is real and he cares about you. I, 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 was, I, 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 got, a, I got a message that 
a lady was looking to buy a car. She had totaled out her car, and, and she was looking to buy a car. And she said, is there anybody out there that I can trust to, to help me find a car? And somebody said, well, you need to contact Pastor Mark at Caney Creek Cowboy Church. So God had linked us up, and I got on the phone with this lady, and she had told me that she was in an accident, and she was needing a car. And I said to myself, I said, okay, I said, uh, what kind of car are you looking for? She said, well, anything, really. i got to turn my rental car in in two days, and I'm getting an insurance check. It's supposed to be here Monday, and I'll have the money to buy it. So I told her, I said, okay, I, I, will, I will help you get a car. You can go to the auction with me. I said, I'll charge you X amount of dollars to buy you a car. And, and I said, uh, you get whatever you want. And she says, that's awesome. That's cool. I said, you'll save a big bunch of money going to auction with me. She said, okay. I said, I'll see you Monday. We had a great conversation. I'd met the lady previous. I really didn't know her personally like I do now, but I'd met her previously going into her store, talking with her. They have a Christian store in town. And I, I hadn't met her previously, but that Sunday, listen to the story. That Sunday, she walked into Caney Creek Cowboy Church. And I knew that I was the woman, the same woman I was speaking to on the phone was the same woman that had the store, and, and I kind of put two and two together. And we spoke right over here on this wall. We spoke, and I said, hey, you. She said, hey, I'll be there Monday to get that car. We talked a little bit about what she was looking for and this and that and the other. And we visited for just a short time. And I said, well, come see me Monday afternoon. I'll take you to the auction. We'll try to help you get a car. She said, okay, Pastor, thank you. That was the end of it. I did church. We had a great time. She sat right here on the front row. Uh, where, Tina, where are you? Why are you not on the front row? Come back up here. Come back up here. Give Miss Tina a big round of applause. Get up and go sit by Chris. Sit right there between these two young ladies. Yeah, you, you sit by Chris. Oh, Lord, I'm in trouble. I got y'all two sitting there together. Lord, help me. Keep him calm. All right. So Tina sat right there on the front row, a real person. Wave your hand, Tina. What's it going to take for me to convince you that God is real? So Tina came that Sunday, and she sat on the front row right there, and she listened to the message, and, and I prayed, and I, I gave the invitation, and, and man, we had a great day, and people got up, and they got saved, and it was, it was a miraculous day, and we give all the glory to God. The next day, I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. I've been working all morning. I'm about ready to go to lunch, and my phone rings. And it's an unfamiliar voice. I, I really didn't know who was calling me. She said, hey, Pastor, it's Tina. And I said, who? I really didn't say who. I was trying to play it off like I knew him. And she's like, I need to come see you. I said, well, I was fixing to go to lunch. She said, well, I really need to see you. I guess I can come by in a little bit. I said, well, if you're, where are you? She said, I'm on 242. I said, uh, she said, I need to come see you right now. I said, okay, well, I'll wait on you. My stomach was growling while I was waiting on you. <laughs> and Mary said, what are we waiting on? I said, well, this lady needs to come see me. I really don't know who it is. And when she pulled up in her rental car out front, I said, Tina, the auction don't start till tonight. She said, I know, but I need to see you. She said, you got a minute. And I said, yeah, come on in. Well, Mary was in her office, Miss Lita, two real people. Mary, it's real, wave your hand. Lita, she ain't here. She had another church, but she's real. Two real people, they were sitting there. Tina came in. She sat in my office, and she had a check in her hand. She had an insurance check in her hand for $6,330-something. And she said, Pastor Mark, she said, God told me to give this $6,330-something to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Wave your hand, Tina. Like, I told you. She told me not to tell nobody. I said, I got to tell everybody. <laughs> she didn't do it to boast. I'm bragging in God. This is an obedient, a real story, and I'm going to get to your obedience and see if you can become real in God before we leave here. So she handed a check to me. She said, Pastor, she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I live paycheck to paycheck just like everybody else. She said, I have to turn my rental car in. And she said, but God told me to give this check to you. I said, ma'am, I can't take that. You need a car. I, I, I can't take that. She said, no, I'm giving it to you. You have to take it. I said, I can't take that. She said, listen to me. She said, God told me to give the car away 
and I didn't do it, and I totaled the car out. She said, I'm not totaling anything else out. Hey, you can go sit back there with your grandpa. Go, go back there where he tells you to. She said, I'm not totaling anything else out that God told me to give. At that point, I had to take it. At that point, I just, I, I just felt the love of Christ all over Tina. I felt the love of Christ showing me his favor. There's a lot of building projects that we want to get done. There's permits we're working on getting done. We're going to get this church up this year. I see it. It's going to be real. I believe it. this is the year for it, claiming it. She handed me that check, and I said, Miss Tina, I said, are you sure? She said, I don't know what I'm going to do. She said, i got to turn my rental car in two days. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, well, God provides. I said, I serve a real God that provides. Maybe you come in here this morning needing to hear that. Maybe your finances are in trouble. Maybe you don't know what tomorrow holds. Maybe you don't know how you're going to keep your light bill on. God provides. Maybe somebody in here this morning put their last $20 in the offering, checking to see if God was real. God is real. God is real. God is real. So she handed me that check, and she walked out of the office, and I did just like any good pastor would do. I ran around the office like, hey! Not really. I picked up the phone, and I called my elders. And I told him what just took place. I said, this lady just blessed us with $6,300. And I said, I feel like we need to try to buy her a car with at least half of this money. I said, I feel like we need to buy her a car with half of this money. And they agreed. They said, Pastor, I, I told them, I said, we can't leave her hanging. She was just obedient. Tina didn't know what we were doing. She didn't have a clue. I, and, and matter of fact, Tina had to get on an airplane and fly to Atlanta. Where? Birmingham and Nashville, Tennessee. I didn't even know that she was leaving. Chris, stop, baby. I, I, I didn't even know that she was leaving, but she got on a plane. She was headed to do her work, meet with Lifeway and people there. But I called my elders, and they agreed we need to take half the money and get her a car. Did you know that God won't leave you stuck out when you do something for him? <laughs> Touch three people and say, God won't leave you stuck out. So listen to me. They all agreed. That night I went to the auction and I began to look around. Tina had told me that she had a Mustang and she really wanted to get another Mustang. So as soon as I got to the auction, I started looking at all the Mustangs. I only had $3,000 that I wanted to spend and I looked at every Mustang there and every Mustang either was dented up, trashed out on the inside, smelt like cigarettes, scratched up, beat up, had noise engines. I spent an hour looking at cars out there. I, got, I finally got off Mustangs and started looking at other cars. There was just nothing that I could find that I thought that Tina might like or that at least would be good and dependable and give her some transportation. By God, she was obedient to God and to his church. I needed to find her something, so I stopped like I always do, Suzanne, and I prayed to a real God. I stopped and I prayed to a real God. Right there, there were thousands of people, buyers there, cars moving around. I stopped in the middle of that auction and I said, Lord, put my eyes on the right car for Tina. I said, Lord, that lady blessed your church. She blessed your man. She blessed us as a whole, Father. I would just ask that you would just Help me find the right car, Lord. You know I don't want to spend over 3000 Lord, I know that car is here. Help me find it, Lord. How many believe that God heard me when I pray? So I get back to looking. I still can't find nothing. I finally just gave it to God, and I went inside, and the auction started, and cars are coming through, and, and I'm buying some cars for my, my, the companies that I buy for, and, I, and I'm not paying attention. And all of a sudden, I look out the window, I look out the window, one of the bays, not the window, but one of the bays, it's got five or six cars, and I look out there about four cars back, is a black, shining like a diamond Mustang. And I said, Lord, is that the car? 
I said, Lord, is that the car? How many believe that the Lord is real? I said, Lord, is that the car? And the Holy Spirit said, that's the car. Boy, I ran out there. This is when I got really giddy. I ran out there and I looked it all over. It was perfect. I told the guy, rev up the engine. He revved up the engine. It sounded good. It looked good. But it was a $7,000 car. I've been doing this game for 10 years. I know what a car's worth, how much they bring. I said, oh, no, this is a, Lord, if this is the car, you got to help me buy it. That's all the money she gave us, Lord. And the Lord said, I supply. I got this. I said, you're going to have to have it. Sometimes I talk to God, yeah. <laughs> but I've, known, I, I've been walking with the Lord long enough to see when he checks my faith, too. So here's this car. It's coming through, Brother Tommy. And I'm like, oh, man, this is a $7,000 car. Everybody's going to be everybody's going to be on it. Everybody's going to be wanting this, a black 2004 40th anniversary, clean as a whistle Mustang. Oh, so I get real close to the auctioneer box because I want them to see me raise my hand. <laughs> that car come running through there. I bought that car for $2,750. <laughs> Garrett, there's a picture of the car. If you can't see, you can stand up real quick and look at it. There's a picture of the car. Now, be quiet. Listen. There's a picture of the car right there, a real Mustang right there. Man, when I bought that car for $2,750, I was so ecstatic and happy but all of a sudden, now watch this. I'm going to play it. Sit down. Sit down. Watch this. Now I'm, I'm going to show you how we get. How come when we pray and ask God to do something and he does it, we second guess him? As soon as I bought it and they said, sold, I said, there must be something wrong with it. Why didn't all these other buyers buy this car? There must be something wrong in it. So, man, I ran all the way out there. They let you test drive them, but once they say sold, they're pretty much yours. So I was like, oh, Lord, there's something wrong with it. I know, because all these other people, they really do this for a living. I just part-time fiddle with that stuff. But these guys, they know their business. What is wrong with this car? Oh, Lord, I'm nervous. So, man, I, I get in it. I grab my paperwork. I go up to the gate. I drive it up to the gate. I need to test drive this thing. Let me say something, man. That car drove like a brand spanking new one. I'm not done preaching and Bible teaching. I'll get back there. Listen to this story. Listen to this. The car was perfect. It was nice. It was pretty. It was perfect. I got back to the, I got back to the car, and I was so happy, and I, I began to cry. Sometimes I just get overwhelmed with how good God is. And I began to cry right there. And I wanted to take a picture of it. So I got my phone out so that I could take a picture of it for Mary. And I stood back off of it. And, and go to the next picture. I, no, the other one. Right there. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm taking a picture of this car. And I can't believe what is on the back window. I stopped. I prayed. The real Tina was real, obedient to God, blessed the church. I prayed, asked God to help me. I bought the car. They said so. Was what I needed to pay for the car. And then all of a sudden I take a picture and there's a not of this world sticker on the back window. So I, I, at this time, I'm just overwhelmed. I didn't buy another car the rest of the night. You saw sometimes it's just so good you got to quit. <laughs> Larry always said, boy, go out on top. Go out on top, boy. I looked at that car. How many believe in a real God that cares about your needs? So I come home that night. I told Mary, showed her the picture. She couldn't believe it. I said, let's go get the car. I'm done with the story. Listen, I said, let's go get the car. Let's get it really cleaned up, detailed. Let's take it over there to Miss Tina and let's surprise her with it. She said, okay. So Harry was going to help and we were going to surprise her with it. And, and uh, 
everybody couldn't wait to see her reaction when we got there. So we went to the auction, and we pulled the car out. And I did not notice this the night of the auction. I did not notice this when I took this picture. But when I pulled it around, Mary had gotten out of my truck to drive this car. And then I looked on the other side, turned the page, and there was this. A picture of Jesus. This is a real story. I'm not making it. I got show and tell. This is a show and tell story. This is a real story. This really happened. I get out, and, and I, Mary's getting in the car, and, I, and the pollen that night just covered this real pretty car with, with all this pollen. And I looked, and I had to look again and take a double take, and that's me wiping that pollen off, and there was a sticker of Jesus on there too. I couldn't believe it. It just humbled me so much. And I took the car, me and Mary, and we went and took and had it cleaned up. And Mary hid it down the road, and I went over to Miss Tina's work. She works at Free Spirit, a good Christian place, kind of like Lifeway. You ought to visit it sometime. Got books and all kinds of stuff and gifts. Wonderful place. You can pay me later for my commercials. <laughs> we went over and uh, wanted to surprise her with the car. She had gotten on an airplane the night before and headed out and was gone, and uh, I didn't know. And so there was two days went by that she was gone, and I didn't get to show her the car, so we had the car, and I, I told Mary, I said, I better call her and tell her her God story gets better because I thought somebody else might get her a car or she might try to get one financed or something because she was desperate too. She had to turn that rental in in two days. And now she had to go out of town on a business trip. And when she got back, she was going to have to turn that rental car in. So she was probably trying to figure out what she was going to do. She was probably praying, asking God what she going to do. So I called her. I didn't give her no details. I said, Tina, I said, your God story got a little better. She said, what are you talking? She was asleep at a roadside park. You know? And uh, <laughs> truth, tell him. I woke her up and I said, Tina, I said, your God story got a little real. A little more realer. I said, God's really blessed you in a powerful way. I want you to come see me when you get home. What happened? What happened? I can't tell you. I just got to show you. I said, but God is real, Tina. And I said, Tina, God loves you. And God cares deeply about you. Because he just did a real working miracle through you. And we spoke. And she said, I'll see you when I get home. She flew back in and landed at the airport about 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night. Two days had passed. She called me at 10.30, said, I'm here. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did tell her to come when she got back. I didn't know it was going to be 10.30. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She said, I'm here. Two days had went by. Watch this. This really gets interesting. There was one problem with the car. It was a standard shift. So for two days, I began to wonder, and the devil began to plant seeds in my heart. Oh, that's not the right car. This is a standard. She can't drive a standard. She's never going to like this car. Women don't drive standards, blah, 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 blah. She, he just kept on planting these seeds. So for two days, I had worried, is she going to love this car, and can this woman drive a standard shift? I talked to Mary about it for several hours. I'd bring it up all the time in the two days. Lord, I, what are we going to do if she can't drive a standard? I guess I'll have to give her less up and down the driveway at Canyon Creek Cowboy Church. <laughs> so she shows up here at 1030, and I tell her the story. She still hadn't seen the car. I got the car hidden behind the church. I tell her the story. She's getting giddy now. She's getting excited now. She's getting ecstatic now. And then she says, well, where is it? <laughs> and I said, let me go get it. And for two days, I had begun to wonder if she could drive a standard. She said, where's that car at? I got to see it. I got to see them stickers. I want to see that. Where is it? I said, let me go get it. She steps out on the front porch of your church, and she says, my God, I hope it's a standard.
I'm telling you the truth. I don't make this good stuff up. Stick. She said, I hope it's a stick, which in English is standard. I'm going to set you by Chris here in a minute, girl. Messing up my store. So I went and got the car. The car that she totaled out was a 2004 Mustang. The car that I bought was a 2004 Mustang. I didn't know that. The car that she totaled out had about the same miles, about the same miles as the car that we bought her. The church paid for it. it when she gave it to the church, it was really a church deal. All of you were part of that. That's why I wanted to tell you this real story. Listen to me. Listen to me. It shook up her. It shook up us. It shook up others that I've told that story. The story was too incredible not to tell. Jesus on the back window? Not of this world. Go back to the car. Garrett, not of this world. Jesus. And there's the car. Well, you went too fast. Go back. Right there's the car. You know, you know, hold on. Uh-huh. Oh, my Lord. You heard it from her mouth. There's a gullo sticker on the back window. That's where she bought her first car. So let me let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. She get back in town. She came out. She checked it out. We went and saw the car. Man, things like that happen every day. Things like that happen every single day of your life. If you walked in here today, listen. If you walked in here today with cancer, God still can fix that. If you walked in here today, if you walked in here today with any addiction, God can fix that today. If you walked in here today financially in trouble, God can fix that. God is so real, my brothers and sisters. Is it going to take another story to convince you? I mean, the Bible is the truth. The world shook. The rock split open. The holy people that were in the ground came up and started walking around again. When you die and you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says that absent from the body is presence with the Lord. You will leave this earth. You'll be in the presence of the Lord. Listen to me. And you're going to stand at those pearly gates. You're going to stand at those pearly gates. And you're going to know that everything you believed in, you're about to see. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible says that those who believe right now, even though they haven't seen, will be even much more blessed than those who walk with Jesus and did get to see. So if we're just keeping it real... Touch three people and say, keep it real. Listen, listen. There is only one way, and that's by way of the cross. What's it going to take to shake you up? Let me, just, let me just finish. At that time, when the earth shook, the guard shook with it. They said, surely this is the true Son of God. That's written in the Bible. They were there. They saw it. They've seen the, the, the people rise from the dead. They've seen the earth shake. They've seen Jesus hang his head and give up his, his body and his spirit. He gave up his spirit and his body. They've seen him die. And then the whole earth couldn't even stand still. It shook. My goodness. What's it going to take for you to believe? It's Easter, brothers and sisters. Don't come to church just because it's Easter. I've seen an advertisement on TV of another church 
Oh, we want to welcome you. We got golf carts and we got all this. We got wheelchairs. And please bring your tithe. We don't want your tithe. We want you to believe in God is real. We don't want your money. We're not concerned about your money. God is real. Eliminate that out of your head. Rebuke Satan. God is real. And when you become in a real... Listen, when you become real and you become obedient, you do what he says to do with your money. Even if you don't know the outcome. She didn't know me. I could have been like a lot of those greedy pastors those greedy churches and kept it all. I didn't want to keep it all. I want to bless somebody else. The Bible says if you bless other people, it'll come back to you tenfold. Who's been a recipient of that? Listen, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Listen, the earth shook. Also that day, the guards shook and the government shook. When Pilate interrogated Jesus, he said, do you not know that I have the power to release you this is before the crucifixion. Pilate said to Jesus as he was interrogating, what's the word? Thank you. Interrogating him, whatever he is. He says, do you not know that I have the power to release you and the power to crucify you? And this is what Jesus said. You have no power over me unless it has been given to you from above. If you're dabbling with sin, if you're saying, oh, I'm always going to be that way, it has no power over you. It has no power over you. It has no power over you. All the lying you're doing, you can stop. You can come into a realness with God. He can fix everything. People say, I go to the bar because I'm lonely. You don't have to go. You can come to church. You can go other places. There's a, there's a different way to get over the loneliness. You can get in the Word and feel comfort from God. You can get in the Word and feel comfort from God. God is so real. When I'm lonely, when I'm hurting, when I'm scared, I get in that 23rd Psalm that we read and say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear nothing. I get into that 23rd Psalm and I say, He leadeth me. He leadeth me. He leadeth me. Praise God that He leadeth us. So the guard shook with fear. The government now shaking with fear. Some of you are still scared to give up your old life. Don't be afraid to take up your cross and walk with Jesus. Don't be afraid to take. He says, he says pick up your cross. Carry it. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If my cross Is cancer if my cross is aches and pains and arthritis if my cross I have to carry gets too heavy he always comes with enough to keep me going I believe that in this ministry the women shook that day too the earth shook in the government shook and the women shook they came because they loved him they came back on that easter sunday morning they came because they loved him they had followed him from galilee they had stayed with him at the cross they were there when they laid him in the tomb because they love him they come back again that sunday and on sunday because they loved him they found themselves at a life-changing event the earth shook the government shook and the women shook and the angels told them what had happened. That angel that was there that day, listen to me, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I promise. He was like Jag Webb in, in Dragnet. He just told the facts, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. He said he isn't here, he's risen. How many remember, remember Dragnet? I mean, never seen Dragnet. That's the generational gap in our church, brothers and sisters. That's something that we fight and we win each and every week. But when the ladies came, 
The angel just gave him the fact. He isn't here. He has risen. Come and see the place where he lay. Boy, that's odd enough to shake you right there. He isn't here just like he had promised. He told him, go and testify. He said, now leave here and go testify and Jesus will meet you. And then what happened, Noah? Noise, what happened? As they were running down the road, these ladies, they were getting it. They were hauling behind. Guess who met them on the road? Jesus met them on the road. And you know what he said? You know what he said? Listen, he said, greetings. Hello. That's what Jesus wants to say to you today. Hello. It's been a long time since we've been together. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, I want you to know that Jesus is real. If you're here today, if you feel that God is calling you to turn your life to Him, to give your life to Him, can I say this to you? Be still, Chris. Be quiet. Please do not hesitate. Please do not hesitate. We're not promised another breath. Just like Tina didn't hesitate to give that check when God told her, she had seen the demise of not listening to God. He totaled out the first car. She handed the check and said, I'm not totaling out anything else. How many of y'all going to keep totaling out your life until you give it to God? Period. We're not promised another breath. If you feel that God is calling you to turn your life to Him, to live for Him, don't you hesitate. Pray with me right now. Just pray this with me. Say, God, I'm tired of living my life my way. With all my accomplishments, my heart's still seeking righteousness. I believe that you are Jesus, the King of kings, the Son of God. Pray that with me. Say, I believe that you are Jesus, the King of kings, the Son of God. And I believe that you gave your life that I would have a choice this morning, a choice to live. Jesus, I choose to live and to live with you. Pray that with me. Jesus, I choose to live and to live with you. I believe with all my heart that the blood that you shed for me was for my sins. Lord, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. Say that. Say, please forgive me of my sins. Here I am, God. I can't do it without you. Please come into my heart. Please come into my heart, Lord. Please come into my heart, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that with me, let me see your hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Keep your hands up where I can see them. The Bible says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Amen. God bless you. You can put them down now. God bless you. Brothers and sisters of the church, church members, believers in Jesus Christ, give God a praise. Stand with me, everybody, to your feet. I don't know what's driving you to the end of your rope. But the Lord's here this morning to help you. You need this altar, it's wide open. You need this altar. Come on, slip down here this morning. Give God your cares, your concerns. We'll take one more minute. We'll take one more minute. If you need to slide by somebody, don't worry about them. Come on down to the altar. I come by way of the cross. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. By coming to the altar this morning, you say, I rededicate my life to the Lord. I'm going to serve Him. If you're here today and you know you had not been living for the Lord, I don't care if you're a biker or a cowboy, if you wear suits, you got a horse or a Harley. There's room for you in the kingdom of God. 
And there's room for you in this church. You want to rededicate your life? Come on down to the altar this morning. I'm going to let them play for just one more minute or two. Here I am, God. I can't do it without you. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this message. Thank you for being so real all the time. You need to open up your eyes, brothers and sisters. Everywhere you look, God is there. Sometimes we need to pray and seek him so that he can reveal those things to us. Lord, I ask you to be with the ones that gave their life to you from this day forward. That they would join us in baptism one day. Lord, I thank you for the ones that rededicated their life. And the ones that came this morning that were a little skeptic. That maybe this real story would change their mind. Maybe it shook them up, Lord. Maybe they're saying, wow. Maybe you want to come and ask Tina, did that really happen? that pastor really tell the truth this morning? Tina will be around here all day. She'll tell you. Maybe you don't believe Tina. Ask Miss Mary. She was there. God is real. In Jesus' name, believe in him. Amen, amen. Somebody give God a praise. You may be seated.